As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to TF3, where this week we're talking stuff before we finally uh, preview the season on tonight's podcast, Talk Stuff, making up the three. Dave O'Brien, welcome back. Hello. I've, I've just come back from Romania, Lawrence. I'm a little bit, I don't know, tired, bewildered. I don't know how to feel right now. Did you, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> no, you know, yeah. Lawrence, I just drank loads of booze. <laughs> right, okay. Well, Met a good fella, fine. actually. Met a fella on the dance floor. Good guy, had a chat about football, and then off he went. It was it was lovely. Did he know you from football, or was it just sort of... I, I, when someone yeah. says I met a fella, I don't, it sounds a bit like some sort of middle-aged <laughs> woman who's been out on a... Saturday. It's not a way to come out here. On a date. Yeah. <laughs> was it... Shit, it's deep. Brilliant. Um, no, it was just a guy that, obviously, if we had seen and potentially watched our stuff before, and said he was a fan, so we had a chat. Lovely. TF3. Um, and of course, tonight you're also watching the Super Cup. Current score? 1-1. One, one. Really, really good games. Really interesting. Uh, Sevilla have switched to a back three, so it's taken them a little bit of time to get that defensively. There's been a few overloads for the two Real Madrid wide players. But going forward, they look really, really good. They put some really good moves down uh, Madrid's right, uh, their left-hand side. Vitolo's got him behind a few times. And currently, one all. yeah, Fra- Franco Vasquez with a... Pretty decent volley. Um, Asensio opened the scoring, who's, who's looked very, very bright again. Asensio moved from Real Mallorca, I think, one and a half years ago for not many Euros, but he's just coming into the scene. He was on, on loan at Espanyol last season. Um, and he just looked really good playing on the left wing. Uh, obviously, when Cristiano's back, he's going to be there. But it'll be interesting to see how um, Zidane integrates him into the side. They integrate a lot of these young players, like Vasquez as well, has, has looked bright. Yeah, it's interesting to see what Zidane's going to do with that team this season. Um it's change in spending for Real Madrid. So what are they going to make do and mend with if they even need to mend? Uh, they do have a very good starting 11, a very fixed starting 11, you can imagine, for the new season. But this tonight was a step away from that. Kristen Hennage, welcome back. Good evening. Always grateful to have you on the podcast. Um, and you will be taking us through multiple things tonight, including maybe Newcastle's first game. Um, a few people interested in that especially the Benitez factor. Um, but before all of that, we're going to have to cover the biggest news of Tuesday. Well, the biggest is news of Tuesday. And the first one of those, everyone woke up to Paul Pogba to Manchester United, Dave. It was official. Lawrence, I didn't wake up, mate. I was still up in the party zone time, so I was still up. And, uh, you know, 
we've been waiting for this to come, but quite funny that they've done it at two o'clock in the morning uh, British time. But again, that opens up questions of why they did that, right? You know, why they did it at, when I think it was like six in the morning in Malaysia. It was 12. Uh, it was eight in the morning over. Seven in New York, seven in Beijing. Mm. Just quite interesting, that, you know, whole build-up to it, you know, the Stormzy <laughs> rap video, if you want to call it that. But what a signing it'll be for Manchester United. I think he instantly will bring them so much in central midfield. And it could be the end for Wayne Rooney, because, again, a very, very poor performance in the Community Shield. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Some, someone else I was working with the other day said Rooney will play himself out the side, but I get the feeling there might be some other people that might play Rooney out the side at this point. Um, although rotation might still be a big factor in that. Chris, the fact is that Pogba has become a world record signing and now plays for Manchester United. He signed for £89 million in the end, uh, or actually £93.2 million, or more than that, or less than that, on a five-year deal. Um, something... something uh, was very different about this signing though, wasn't it? You know, like Dave says, it was launched through a Stormzy video, uh, not necessarily the club uh, coming out and sort of saying, here he is holding a shirt. Yeah, I, th- I think the the timing of it, in the sense of it, as we say, we dropped at midnight UK time, seven in Beijing, seven in New York. Was it an album? That indicates... <laughs> even that Stormzy was involved you could say it was an album or it's as close to an album as you're going to get in football um, I can't think of many musical footballers other than sort of Hoddle and Model. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, no Leighton Baines John Barnes John Barnes Drenton and Barbel Royston Drenton yeah Barbel yeah obviously good um, I'm trying to think of clever musicians though not really Leighton Baines plays the guitar a bit I think as well um, true <clears throat> So, so yeah, the, the fact that they did this, I think that indicated what they're trying to do with it, which is build it as this huge transfer and, and just build into the hype. Um, I think I read a, a tweet earlier today that said that Adidas have made more money this summer than Manchester United have made in their entire 138-year history, which sounds a little bit like those it would take this many shirts to pay for Pogba um, yeah. statistic. But I wouldn't be surprised if Adidas had made an exorbitant amount of money on this because, again, it's 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 buying into the hype. It's it's the excitement of it all. It's sort of Manchester United fans now feeling as if they've returned to the big stage again because they can pull off this kind of deal. It's it's a lot of very different and contrasting opinions and feelings all meshed into one big platform that is social media. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dave, that is interesting. Pull back, park, boom, reunited. <laughs> Uh, clear cash, uh, do not save cookies. This all happened on the internet, didn't it? <laughs> all on the internet, Lawrence. But I think, you know, you look at some of those United players that Paul Pop is going to be link up, linking up with. It's very, very exciting for Manchester United fans. It's all just go through is... the starting 11 very quickly because we've got a question in, uh, from... Oh, God, uh, Rob, right now. Rob the Meister, which I believe in um, German means Rob the Master. And uh, he said, who's going to play and who is going on the bench? Right, so let's start with who I think is going to play against Bournemouth. This is, this is um, assuming... Ah, oh, OK, that's interesting. OK, fair let, enough. Let's, let's do who I think is going to be in Bournemouth and then let's do, after August the 31st, Jesus who I think Christ, will be in the I mean, side. All right, yeah, all right. Can people not just go and watch the okay. episode, Jesus, man, you've missed me out again. Four days away in Romania and you start losing your shit. Harmony was hoping you get lost. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) It's going to be number one. David De Gea. 
<laughs> and then number 25, Antonio Valencia. Woo! And then left back, Luke Shaw. Centre back, I think he'll continue with Bay and Daly Blind. Bay, man of the match performance uh, against Leicester City, looked very good, looked very strong in the tackle, um, but sometimes going to, to ground a little bit too quickly. I'd like to see him stand up, read the game, and and dive in when he needs to dive in. Very much any um, Nesta type player that he needs to evolve into. Daley Blind's going to sit in there. Then I reckon central midfield are probably going to go with Michael Carrick, Paul Pogba. Then I reckon Jess Lingard on the right, Wayne Rooney uh, attacking midfield, um, Martial on the left, and then there's Lapman up front. The issue with that side is that there's Lapman and Wayne Rooney make exactly the same movement. We saw it in the uh, um, Community Shield, both coming to the ball, none of them offering something else, you know, going in behind or whatever. And it looked like they Again, they got into the same uh, the same space, a little bit like Wayne Rooney and Ron Van Persie, but it took them time to realise that Van Persie was the goal scorer, Rooney's dropping deep. Because they are such good players, such techni- technical players on the ball, they're both like making the same movement, so that's going to be an issue. Phil, how you resurrect that re- resurrect that side? You bring McTirion to number 10, and I think that side is a side that could go on to win the Premier League. Really like what Jess Lingard did in the Community Shield. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Took his goal very well, but is a player that has improved consistently through his Manchester United career thus far in the Premier League. And that's what I like. I like players that will improve. You know, I've got problems with certain parts of Jess Lingard's game, but if he's going to evolve himself, he's going to continue to work hard in training. And he looks a lot stronger. He looks a lot bigger. That's one of the biggest criticisms of last season, too lightweight on the ball. If he can continually doing that, why can't Jess Lingard one day score 20 goals in the Premier League? Too little time, so many answers. Um, Kristen, <laughs> uh, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, Dave is talking about the the multiple options that Manchester United now seem to have. It's amazing what one signing also seems to offer in terms of confidence for a side. You know, Mourinho was very bombastic in the way that he spoke in uh, even just a regulated press release uh, from the club. You know, he's coming to a club of winners. He's a winner himself. I'm a winner. We're all winners here. Um, you know, winning is the thing we do. We won once and we can win again. <laughs> it's all about narrative. It, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are sort of part of that hundred million, Chris, was buying, almost buying the Belief. right to be able to tell other people what you it was buying an identity in a sense, wasn't it, Chris? <clears throat> buying status, I think that's the, one because of, one one feeds into the other, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I think was it Calderon came out and said that Zidane wanted Pogba, and, and if. The deal wasn't done. It was either because Real Madrid couldn't afford it or Pogba didn't want to do it. Now, we'll never know if it's the latter, but you could form a decent argument to say that it's probably the former, that they couldn't afford him because it is a huge amount of money. And and part of the reason Manchester United are able to do this is because of the television money and that improvement in that situation. So there's a lot of different things flying around here in terms of what it actually means. The, the most important thing is, is how it improves them on the pitch. Um, and that's what I wrote for, for Yahoo this week is it's the marquee signing that is, is worth the money, not just because of what it does to them as a, an institution, how it sort of adds a few levels to the castle, but also the fact that it does address a lot of problems with that midfield. It does give them a kind of player that I don't think there's anyone like Paul Pogger at the minute. If you can find me a player, even a few rungs below him in terms of quality or performance who can do the same kind of thing that he can then mean, I'm all do you, mean, do you mean because there are other people who have spoken about similar stats but no it seems to be what most people are sort of terming as the intangible you know other people are sort of dropping uh, you know uh, Ramsey in great form stats or Wilshire in great form stats or any of those guys 
Because I, 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 I did actually see the the internet picture of the meme or whatever the correct term is. It's a Sorry meme, to yeah. I did um, see the internet picture, yes. It was that thing with Milner where it said that Milner had the same number of sisters and all this kind of stuff and then compared the cost. I completely see what people mean when they're doing that. And it is essentially trying to you know, stick a pin in the balloon that is this hype. There are, as you brilliantly put it there, there are intangibles such as can James Milner pick up the ball in front of defence and carry it from one end to the other? I would say probably not. Would, I you, think would you also say that, Chris? I mean, would tangible you... with, with Paul Paul? Uh, Dave's, Dave's connection is bad, I want to say. Um, when Dave comes back, we will let him make his point, but I get the feeling that Dave is very much in the quiet area of his Wi-Fi right now. Um, Dave, is your Wi-Fi any better? Brilliant. Fuck's sake, man. Exactly, Dave. Exactly. Yeah, turn your fucking stream off, Dave. Stop screaming the super cup and bring us back. Um, Kristen, there's also sort of another point which feeds into that. I I guess it's hard when there's a lot of hype and stuff, and it's it's almost very cool to get caught up in the Adidas hype right now. I'm not against it. But there are people who are offering the counter. Uh, For instance, Sanchez Assist. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm Brown is very pro Pogba. I'm glad he's in the league. Um, United could have uh, bought Renato Sanchez, Hummels, and Kante instead of Pogba. Thoughts? They definitely couldn't have bought Renato Sanchez because they tried. That's that, that's one thing that I think gets lost in this. Is it's also about whether the player wants to come. Sanchez had the opportunity to join but didn't want to. Yes, you could have. <clears throat> excuse me, you could have got Kante. I completely agree with that. Hummels again is another player you could have got. I just think the reason that he made so much sense is <clears throat> a number of reasons, including the fact that I think he'll class as a homegrown. There is an affinity there already with Manchester United, which makes the marketing potential so much better. Yeah, And also, he will contribute in both ends of the, the field. It's those things that make it perfect. I appreciate what people say in the sense that you could buy this player or you could buy that player. It's no different, I think, to saying that you can get a much cheaper version of Kanye West's clothing line if you go to different stores. It's not the same thing. You're buying something that is a perfect fit as opposed to something that is cheaper but would require some some work. I I think in some ways, yeah, it it feeds into the idea that the Premier League is a league that solves its issues with money. I think it's been like that for going on a decade now. It's a, a league that if it has an issue, it doesn't try and coach through it. It simply finds a an answer to it in the transfer market. Would you, would you think that's almost evolved a little bit, Chris? Because at one time, maybe it was a... I mean, Manchester United certainly haven't been a club that have always successfully spent their way out of trouble. Even Sir Alex was sort of guilty of that at times. And Sir Alex, you know, the, the, the best thing about Sir Alex was, that, you know, some of his biggest successes came from some of his cheapest, in inverted commas, players. Um, and that was what was good about him, his pragmatism. But this is almost a step further, is that Mourinho is sort of saying, well, if you give me the best and I coach them, then we really are the best. And there's no question over that. I was talking with someone uh, at a TFR shoot the other day, actually, and um, I think it was one of the United guys was actually saying, if you watch um, the Real Madrid team of the ultimate Galacticos, or what people considered to be a peak at the time of the Galacticos, which was, you know, 2002, Figo, uh, Beckham. I can't remember if Ronaldo was still there, but there was definitely a, a, a Raul factor in there as well. He was saying, this club was still, they, they lost... I think they drew two all with Celta Vigo and they lost to a couple of teams in there with Manchester United what Mourinho is saying is he's making a side that are uh, not unbeatable but certainly much more formidable 
Yeah, it's the intimidation factor. If you look back to kind of, let's say, the Moyes, Van Halen, or just condense it into one for a second. One, one of the things I think consistently came up with Manchester United was that they lost their fear factor. That when teams arrived to either face them or host them, there wasn't that thought of we're going to have to be on our game today if we want to even try and get a draw out of this. Excluding, obviously, top four rivals. I think that's what they're trying to re-establish with this. They want, of course, they want names for, for shirts and all those kind of purposes. I also think, as you rightly say, that they want that fear factor back. That's what they've lost these last few years, and they're trying to to bring it back with Mourinho, with Zlatan, with Pogba. It's names. It's it's people that often go just by their surname, basically. Interesting point, Dave. I mean, some people are also saying. Um, you know, Pogba alone, Zlatan alone is worth the shirt sales. We have to again reiterate that shirt sales don't go directly to the club. However, they will make for better deals for the club in the future if they have the big stars that sell the shirts, right? So essentially, this is a sort of a shirt sale and a big PR thing for United and for Adidas. And there is no doubt that Adidas have made a lot of money from this. But do you think that this is the sort of the concluding piece for United here? No, I don't think it's at all. Again, like what well, you're allowed to mention, it's you, you. You can't buy a league. You can't. You honestly can't do that. Nobody mm. has managed to do that ever. You need a team. You need a team of players that are going to work together and are going to fight together. You need to create that unit. Players like Jess Lingard. I'm so happy that Jess Lingard is still there because he is a team player. He, he will fight for the team. But Manchester United need to incorporate these stars, the Zlatans, the Roonies, the McTyrians, the Paul Pogbas with players that can do the running or that can do the hard yards, the likes of Morgan Schneidlin, the likes of Michael Carrick, Jess Lingard mentioned before, the player like Luke Shaw, obviously a star that we, we bought from um, Manchester United, signed from Southampton, but nonetheless someone that can put in the hard graft. Uh, you know, Antonio Valencia, if he's going to be at right back, or maybe Fusu Mensah, who I'd like to see at right back. Players that need to do the graft. And I think that's what you need to create with this system. Yeah, you can sign these big, big, big names. You know, Zlatan Emerson free transfer is a fantastic deal. But you need players around him to complement him. Blaise Matuidi did that for PSG last season. Um, Verata put in a lot of hard yards. So, Verati, sorry. There's a lot of uh, components that makes a good football team. Paul Pogba is one of them. But the wage, rest wage, need to be I mean, there as well. Wages is also another. I mean, that's also part of it here. Is you know, uh, there are a lot. Of, I mean, David, it's all well and good, sort of saying that there are massive wages in the Premier League now. You know, Zlatan's on two hundred and fifty. He will have got a big signing bonus. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from what United are constructing here. You know, they've still pulled off massive, complex deals, but they're still big deals. Yeah, they are very, very big. You know, they are massive deals. I'm not saying they're not big deals, but I think with Manchester United and how that's going as a football institution, it's turning even more into a business. So why not spend a bit of that money? Why not spend the, the wages per week? You know, Wayne Rooney's on 300 plus a week, which is pretty ridiculous for his level of performance over the last season. I, I, I'm starting not to care, which is which is bad, isn't it? It's bad. It means that there's no more, there's a realism in, in the game anymore that we're, we're losing touch with what actually makes sense. You know, but how 89 much we, million how much pounds. Are we told, I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but how much of that are we told and therefore we accept? You know, when we re- read, you know, we're people are losing touch in the game how much of that is sort of then oh well we're losing touch right well we're losing touch then well we'll keep losing touch then is that not something that's more on society and where we're going with everything that we're that, that there's a game that's been created that means that you're constantly looking down your phone walking around the streets i think this is just what we're having we're having there's so much media there ahead of you that we're lost 
and we need to ground ourselves in a way and potentially money in the Premier League is a sort of, it's, it's a way that it's happening in, in the sport that we all love. So we just need to not lose focus of this money because it's a lot of money. We, every, every single football fan needs to understand that this money could be best spent elsewhere improving society, but it's being spent in football at the moment. Remember that. Remember that £89 million going to somewhere like Cluj, um, I think it's like the second big, biggest city in Romania, would be huge investment. Something like 90% of their mathematics students who are arguably like some of the best in the world are leaving Cluj because there's no money in there. That money, instead of the Pogba deal, could have gone to Cluj and that's what we need to yeah. understand as a whole yeah. fucking load of shit. Trickle-down economics, you can go into all sorts of things like that, but um, Cluj, or what you just said... <laughs> what? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> which one's deeper? Um, it is. It is. But it, I mean, Chris, Chris, that is fascinating. Uh, we we kind of need to move on a little bit. But the final word from you, sort of as a journalist, is um, your remit over the last few years will have changed, right? Um, I mean, I, I remember when you came into the game, or you were much more fresh face, fresh face at the same time as I was, um, and we were both very much trying to sort of navigate our way through the difference between PR and the story. Uh, do you I mean your role as a journalist and what you write in this time in many ways you you sort of tread the line between the two because you do your uh, your story pieces but I suppose you mm-hmm. also have to write copy at some point and copy at some point is just copy isn't it I think what's happened is is that you have to accept there is a, a give and take in the sense that there are deals that you can't talk about um, I had an instance of that just this week where it was something I was told and then no sooner had it left the person's lips it was followed by but obviously that stays between you and I that, that's something you just have to accept that there are people also out there who will tell you things and, well, well that's the thing the people will, will say that knowing full well that you're that going you, to then tell yeah, people that it, there's, a sublim- it, or there's a subliminal side to it which means yeah it's <clears throat> You know, it's it's the stripper that says she only does this rate for you because you're a special customer. It's that idea of you know what I mean? Fair enough. <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, it's it's an analogy. Bear <laughs> with me on it. Um, it wasn't the most well thought out one. Essentially, actually, yeah, cut that because it sounds terrible. No, no, no um, we, we get what you mean, and we also get that you know you could have been it's, playing it's Grand Theft Auto or whatever. That says he's going to do you a deal. Yeah. He's not really doing you a deal. He's just doing whatever he thinks will get the car off the lot and him a commission. It's a similar premise in the sense that agents will tell you something under the guise that, right, that now will be parroted out. I think that's why we know we all are called them parrots. And I, I, kind of, I kind of agree with his, uh, well, his evaluation. It's also there are instances why... where if, if Minoriola rings you up and says, it's not happening. You're gonna go out, out with that, whether he says, "Look, don't quote me or not." You're gonna go out with that because it's a it's a validation thing. Everyone is searching for that, and equally, with the the advent of social media in general, increasingly you are judged on results like that. So, the notion of a a slightly more more well crafted story is pushed completely to the side during January and during the summer because it's all about can you get the can you get the the breaking transfer story? Do you have enough? I think I said the other day on the pod, there are consistently now days where I will have the same question about, lately it's been when is Jan and Via signing, uh, what's happening with Kone to Everton, all this kind of stuff. And the difficulty is, sometimes you just don't know. I, I don't know when, when Sunderland are going to announce. 
Jan and Veer. At, at the time of, of being asked at first, I didn't know what the <clears throat> the uh, situation with Cornet was. And the difficulty is now, you can't even express an opinion because people take your opinion as you saying something subtly or, or giving it a double meaning. So it's, it's, it's akin to, celebrity is the wrong word, but, but those kind of situations where if you're not 100% crystal clear in what you put out there, people will read into it. Even if you tell them there's nothing to read into, they will read into it. Yeah, people almost want to find, want to connect the dots. Um, maybe dots that aren't there to connect. Uh, I, I'm very tempted to talk about what we know fact-wise uh, about all transfers, but that will probably lead to a, quite a sparse podcast. Um, for that reason, let's move on to another post-factual society piece. John Stones to Manchester City, Dave. Um, the same sort of excitement uh, surrounding another young player, you know, yeah. uh, that Pep Guardiola getting his fingers into him and sort of, you know, shaping him as a player. I think, so, you know, some, someone like John Stones is, is perfect for Pep Guardiola. We saw what Pep Guardiola did with Gerard Piquet. When Gerard Piquet left Manchester United, he had a number of issues defensively. Um, what, I think what Pep did with him was he made him think a lot more about the game and, and not be so rash and take that like laid-back attitude to defending, uh, what, being on the ball and being without the ball, but very concentrated. John Stones has the raw technical ability to play in central midfield, to, to, to run the game in central midfield. Now, what I feel that he, he will become as a, as a, a footballer is almost a, a sweeping player, a Benucci-type player, a Gerard Piquet-type player. Um, and I think that's, that's positive for him. And he, he needs to learn how to defend for and foremost. He needs to cut a lot of the errors out of his game. But someone like Pep that understands football in a pretty big way, it'll be um, relatively not easy, but it'll be something that can easily happen for John Stones under Pep Guardiola in the next three years to become one of the best centre backs in world football. Mm, it is interesting. I mean, you know, if you can turn uh, central defensive midfielders into defenders, let's see. Uh, do, do, Chris, uh, David or Chris, I mean, do you at all sort of relate him to a sort of. Um, I mean, who would you compare him to at a younger age? Could you compare him to, say, a PK-type character? A good ball player, someone who's good with his feet, confident, strong? Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit lightweight as well. I think yeah. that was, yeah. one of PK's problems was that he hadn't really filled out. Um, I, I think the the thing with John Stones as well is, it is by no means to, to absolve him of this, Having Roberto Martinez, for me, is not the greatest way to improve as a defender from a defensive standpoint. I think you learn how to play out of the back, and I think you look at some of the defenders he had, <clears throat> maybe not Alcaraz, but the likes of Jagielka, I think they became a little bit better on the ball. The difficulty is John Stone's always kind of had that in his locker. He was always a, a mm. wanted to do that. The, the thing with him was learning the defensive side of things. So I'll be curious to see what Pep Guardiola does from that side because I, I don't think he's buying him uh, for sentiment reasons. I think he's buying him because he believes he can actually achieve that potential. So that in itself will, will be an interesting subplot to watch. I'd say in terms of comparisons to, to players of yesteryear, he has the, the Lucio style of, of bringing the ball out of the back. When Lucio was uh, in his heyday at Bayern Munich, not when he moved on to Inter Milan, a very different defender then, you know, a lot older, more mature. He was very good at, at playing the ball forward and then moving and receiving it again in a central zone and then playing it again and going. Similar to what, what John Stones, you know, I've seen John Stones uh, live a few times. It, one of the times was at the um, Community Shield, not the Community Shield, sorry, the FA Cup semi-final. 
Same and he was thing. really good at that, playing the ball forward, moving, taking it back from a midfielder and being in a midfield position at that time, doing a one-two, moving and picking up again. And that is just perfect for uh, Guardiola, obviously. But it's a Lucio characteristic. I was trying to think of other players. He's not very Matt Hummels about him. Matt Hummels is more of a, yeah. a driver, a bit slower on the ball. But then when he hits a pass, it, it's, it's near perfection. So I'd say Lucio, quite a, an aggressive central midfielder. You know, I reckon John Stones will probably score maybe two to three goals this season where he'll have the ball at centre-back. He'll play one or two one-twos and he'll finish off the move. Any any shades of Rio in him? Even just slightly? Uh, you see, the thing with Rio... what Maybe Rio not as was, physical, but... I think the thing with Rio is, is defensively was his best characteristic. Yeah. Yes, he was absolutely... Re- he was so, so good on the ball. But defensively, he read the game so well. He was so good at closing down space. So good at staying on his feet. Winning the tackle at the right time. But a real reader of the game, and he used his pace well. John Stones isn't like that at all. For me, it's a, it's another comparison. Two English players that can both play with the ball at their feet from centre back. But Rio's real strengths were his defence when it was him defending. Um, you could potentially say in terms of his movement in a, at the middle stage of his career when Rio did used to go out and and really drive. But then Rio did become that sort of player that would pick it up at the back and then spray the passes out, not really move. That's why I think John Stones is a little bit different to Rio Ferdinand in both aspects of his. Playing centre back. Speaking of Lucio, uh, ex Internazionale player, uh, Frank de Boer has been confirmed <gasps> as the head coach. Now, Frank de Boer was a, a, someone who was touted around as possibly coming to the Premier League at some point. Uh, what, what's he going to bring to Internazionale? I think, uh, Chris, I think you dropped a pretty decent tweet in you this week about the Mancini um, de Boer sort of style of play. I definitely did not. Brilliant. <laughs> Are you sure? So yes, the tweet the tweet went around with your changing Mancini's pragmatic style to De Boer's very um, possession-based style that has no penetration. So basically you're switching one boring for another boring. I don't know whether that was you, Chris. Big shout out onto the internet, whoever did that. Congratulations. Great tweet. But I think that's how it's seen in a way. Yeah, it's going to... Potentially not change, but it will be a different style again. Inter Milan, whenever you watch them last season, was so boring, so so poor. Uh, and, and you're expecting them to remain the same under uh, Frank? I am. I expect them to go a way of maybe Louis Van Gaal's Manchester United in a way where they hold wow. the ball in not the best areas and they they'll struggle to to put the ball in the back of the net. I think that will be one of the big things. They'll have a high percentage of possession, but they won't break teams down you know you go into a league where defending is the is the art of the game in Italy so many teams come up against the the big guns every single week and play five at the back is De Boer going to be able to come up with a solution to, to solve that and if he does fair play to him but it'll be a, a tough test for him uh, certainly so uh, there is some other news today Chris and that's uh, Liverpool forward Christian Benteke could uh, is apparently closing in on a uh, Premier League move across to Crystal Palace after talks resume, apparently. Although it could be talks about his resume. I, I can't tell the difference. Mm, I, th- I think this deal is slightly being funded by the fact that Palace look like they're about to sell Balassi for £25 million to, to Everton. So it's, it's given them possibly a little bit more money than, than they had before. I actually think it's quite a decent fit for, for Benteke. He is very much an old-school forward in, in my mind. So I think the, the move to, to Palace will facilitate his style of play a bit better and I also think if you look at who they've got their two big attacking pieces are Andros Townsend Will Zaha who do like to put the ball in the box 
Um, I think they're very different wingers. So, so Zaha to me is a lot more trick based and will try and sort of twist you in knots. Whereas Townsend will just run at you for 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think overall that should bring, bring a little bit more harmony to the um, forward line. Although saying that Wickham's looked decent in preseason from what I've seen. So I think the important thing for Palace is to have options um, if in terms of, frequency or, or depth if not variety because I don't think we've got a variety of different strikers but they've at least got numbers interesting uh, it'll certainly be fascinating to see what it does at Liverpool I will be joining uh, Nipoon and Gabe on the United Liverpool podcast uh, this week's preview Liverpool season and of course if you guys want to talk to us about any of your club seasons uh, the preview obviously to come then we'll be doing I think recording a preview on Thursday possibly uh, we're still working that out between the four of us, but we will probably be doing it on Thursday. That's Thursday. So get in all your uh, questions and uh, answers and opinions before, say, Thursday morning, just to be safe. Uh, anyway, on to uh, some... Uh, that, that's probably why we're not talking about a lot of the Premier League seasons come at this point. Um, let's get into some of the questions. Uh, Sanchez and Sis, Chris, also asked, should Arsenal cut their losses and just sell Wilshire? In my opinion, Arsenal have six better options than him and he um, could still fetch a big price. I don't know if he could fetch a big price, personally. I think he's he's really not played a lot of football, and I think that would put a lot of teams off. Um, the, the consensus about him, I think, is quite universal, is that he's talented, but a tad too injury prone, I guess, Darren Anderson-esque in that sense. Um, so, selling him, yeah, I would do it. Th- I think what I would say the more pressing thing for Arsenal to do is, is stop relying on him. Stop seeing him as this sort of golden goose that's just waiting to come back because it's it's really not the the false dawns with him have been far too consistent for for anyone to really invest any hope in him for the long term future. That is interesting. Uh, I, I suppose that is also partly that's not so much Wenger writing that as the actual press writing that. And sometimes you wonder, Chris, whether some people are just looking um, to build up a story in order to maybe knock a player down. Possibly. I mean, look, the difficulty with him is he's been so highly rated and also so defended by Arsenal fans for the most part, let's not forget, that I think it is. he's a very easy target. Also, you know, he's he's public persona, the whole fighting and all this kind of thing. He's not always come across as the most likable person in the world, Mm -hmm. which shouldn't really influence the way you look at talent. Sadly, it does. I think that plays a, a part into it. I can think of a few players who perhaps had better personalities than, than talent and so got a little bit of an easier ride in the press. Uh, Dave, German Chikas uh, says, do Arsenal still have a chance at winning the Premier League with all the signings other top clubs have made? Yeah, of course they do. You, we, we saw on, on Sunday they played Manchester City and they beat them 3-2. Guardiola's going to take time to get his style across to these Manchester City players. I think the signing of John Stones is a signing in the right way where they'll be a bit better. But Arsenal have a chance just need to go with Sanchez and Olivier Giroud up front in a 4-4-2. I think they just need to go for that and they need to stick by it. I think they play a narrow diamond. They attack with their full-backs. They have Xhaka in there. They have Ramsey in there. They have Cazorla in there. They have Mezzo at the tip. Um, and I think that they've just got to go for it. But the issue at the start is that they have no centre-backs. It's inherently has been an issue for Arsenal for the last, how many, 25 years? I don't know. Not 25 years. Obviously, they had the likes of Adams and whatever. But Koscielny's never found a partner. And that is the problem. If Arsenal potentially had gone for Matt Hummels at the start of the summer, obviously the player moving, whatever, 
that's that's issue. But if they could have brought him in, that would have been perfect for them. Perfect combination between someone that's very good defensively and someone very, very good on the ball. But I feel that like they've kind of missed the boat now. And if they, you know, Samuel Titi would have been perfect. You know, Koscielny had a great partnership with him at the European Championships. But again, it just feels like Arsenal have missed the boat. A lot of questions coming in about how Manchester United uh, and indeed Liverpool and indeed Arsenal will end up playing this season. Uh, we're going to leave most of those, but we will get round to those on Thursday when we end up uh, previewing the season. We'll also ask the question um, from Stebin Alex, who says, uh, who have bought the Premier League title, City or United? I think that one seems quite clear. Um, it, there's definitely some interesting signings, though, for City, and we will go through those. Uh, and also the improvement of other players, such as, uh, Dave, like you said, uh, an impressive performance from uh, Raheem Sterling against Arsenal. Um, and what's going to happen to him and how... Indeed, Guardiola uh, can uh, Uses him. influence him as a player, <laughs> uh, maybe mould him. Uh, some people obviously talking about the, the FIFA Pogba. I think a lot of people have been through that. Uh, Manchester United wouldn't spend it if they didn't have it. And I also don't think that uh, there's something in there to do with PR. It's all to do with perception. Um, thought something back to Pogba's arrival on Lingard. Yet again, we'll leave that one for Dave on Thursday. Uh, how long will Leicester stay in the title frame? That's an interesting question. Are, I mean, Chris, uh, are Leicester even in the title frame? Probably not, right? I think they have to be, just based on last season's performance. Um, really? What, even just, you mean out of pure respect for them almost? Yeah, partly that. And the fact Does that, that not really seem a bit disrespectful? Only, no, I think they've only lost in Golo Kante, which is not to say that he wasn't a big player, but it, it's not as if the side has been completely deconstructed um, at the time of recording. And, and there are enough people who are Leicester fans saying that Palamendi is the the replacement for him, um, and equally, I, th- I think their their approach, their tactical approach. I, I don't think it was as perhaps exploitative as, as people like to make out. I actually think there was a good foundation there. I don't think they'll do nearly as well as they did last last season, and I base that on the fact that if you look at Ranieri's career, the second years tend to tend to have been the, the downfall for him. At club level, with it certainly was with, with Monaco at least, being the most recent example. Um, Dave, do horses also get medals too, or is that just humans? That one comes from Derbva uh, Darbison. It just depends how influential that horse has been um, socially. Uh, to, yeah, to the yeah. performance. You know, if the horse is getting the lads pumped up before the game in the dressing room, give them all high fives or hoof fives, as you want to call them. I think so a horse should deserve a medal. Now he's one hoof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Sam Allardyce definitely. football almost. Um, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, there was obviously the interesting unveiling. I'm trying to find the question about it, but there was the... Kristen, I think you watched some of the uh, stuff that was on that hashtag from Bayern Munich. What was that hashtag? from? It was uh, FCB Day 1, the team presentation, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. Do you like the concept? It says here from Max Brucker. Uh, with the Copper 90 guys. Apparently it was very controversial in Germany. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. yeah, they don't like funny people. <laughs> it's German humour, it's not a laughing matter. Um, I think I think I like the concept. I mean, I should disclose, I know uh, Christian Niari, who works for, for Bayern's US office, so what, I have what, a... is, what, what was the concept exactly for people who weren't watching FCB Day 1? So essentially it was like a television program but broadcast on the internet. So they had the, the players all introduced um, 
new signings, I think, were introduced as well. A, a small type of game show with some fans where they had to try and score penalties past Manuel Neuer um, and a Brilliant. few other things. So, yeah, it was it was a little bit different. I think I think in that sense, you have to give credit to any team that's willing to try and do things slightly differently. And, and when you're going to push the boundaries like that, there are always going to be opportunities or instances where you don't hit everything as you intend. Um, but I don't think it was a terrible idea. I actually think it was, was quite a decent uh, concept that was, was enacted by them. It's certainly an interesting one. So close to the season as well. It's almost like the NBA do um, a press day or press the press couple of days. And obviously other leagues in the world, such as MLS, are indeed uh, embracing that. Interesting to see Europe breaking down at least some of those barriers uh, for some of the top, or at least alleged top, uh, YouTube channels. Um there's some interesting ones. Hey guys, what will your tips for the fantasy Premier League be this year? Uh, we'll again probably cover that on Thursday. But Dave, is there going to be a fantasy league for uh, TF3 this? Yeah, year? yeah, I think I'll I'll restart it and I'll tweet the uh, the code out and then obviously we'll get send out the the account. Just trying to think of any players that I want to reveal right now. Um, that I've put in my team. I've got a few. Fans. I've got a few cheeky ones in mind. <laughs> yeah, who have you got, Dave? Just one. Um, You've all, I think you've got to go with Zlatan and, and Aguero. I think you've just got to have them in your side to be competitive. I think they're the two most um, owned players. And Aguero's on thirty nine percent, Ebro's on thirty eight. So you've, if you want to compete, you've got to get those guys in. Um, I think in midfield, it's going to be really interesting. A lot of players that, are, if you want to go with those two up top, you're going to be unable to get the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, who I feel will have a fantastic season, but I haven't been able to squeeze him in my side. I've gone with Henrik Mkhitaryan. But again, that's questionable after being left out in the uh, Community Shield. I think that was just a rotation thing. But, you know, do you want to read into that too much? Um, but yeah, I think there's some interesting defenders in there. I think John Stones, you've got to get John Stones. I think he, he's at five million at the moment and he's going to be playing for Manchester City. So there are my two or three basic tips if we don't want to go into it too much. Yeah, three basic tips there from Dave, uh, but we will get more in. Uh, there's a good question here from Kaok20. He says, if you were subject to a world record transfer fee, which Grime MC, brackets, or other musician do you want to leak the news? <laughs> um, Neil Dime. Neil Diamond, that's a good one. Um, maybe sweet eighty-nine billion pounds. <laughs> it's um, a lot of money. If it was a, if it was a grime artist, maybe a grime bad. artist. Wiley, Elf Kid would be pretty sick. Who does like Dave likes his Lewisham. Um, you don't want, I'm not sure you want to, someone like Tinchy Strider sort of just blurting it out you want it a bit more considered Dizzy Rascal could be quite good you know if we're going back to old school Dizzy Rascal boy in the corner type music yeah got so many got so many subs I keep some in my aunt's house um, <laughs> could you go for some some classics I think... like maybe Simply Red um, you know for, for a Liverpool fan um, yeah, yeah, Kano would be good. Going back to the grind, just trying to think of one of his songs. Um, Chris, who would you? Go? Oh, Kano's a good one, you know. If, I uh, think if I was that big a transfer, I would probably want to try and help relaunch the career of Kano. Yeah, or Chipmunk. <laughs> I'd, I'd let's get Chipmunk on why not? Yeah, Tiny Dancer was a big, big hit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's do that. Let's get let's get him and Elton. Elton John. I mean, if if you're going to Watford, surely you want Elton John to be the one leaking the news. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe, Kristen, if you're going to Newcastle, would you go for something like you know the Fog on the Tyne? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the other one? Waddle did one. Diamond Lights. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would, I would do that. If, say I'm going to Manchester United, Elton John does it. We do Tiny Dancer, and I slow dance with Mourinho on stage. <laughs> I mean, that's not terrible. I'm looking through my music here, my iPod. What I'm listening to most. I mean, surely someone wants Kanye West to uh, do some sort of reveal for them. Uh, could you get Snoop Dogg to do something? I'm surely Snoop Dogg would be good. I feel like these are exact conversations that Manchester United had the other day. Yeah, I do. Think, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I don't even think he's kidding. Um, maybe, you know, it would be good. You could do like an outcast sort of thing. You could do like, you could get them to just do a medley of all their hits. Fresh, so fresh, so clean. Uh, hey, ya. AT Aliens. Maybe Public Enemy's a good one. I feel like I'd like, I'd like Flavor Flav to introduce me out, in the, uh, out there. Don't, don't believe the hype. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I did actually do, and this is what I was, that's why I always like this, something that I've not seen done out on the internet yet. And Dave, you'll like this. As someone who likes numbers yourself, um, do, you, do you remember which number Pogba's taken? Number six. That's right, the number six. Now, whenever a player signs for a football club, um, you always have to do numerology on them. Um, and obviously he's he's gone for the, uh, what's your karmic debt? I've gone to numerology.com and I found out. Um, you can look down the number six. Uh, it turns out while the, while the six is considered to be the most harmonious of all single-digit numbers, it is not without its flaws and upsets. The most important influence of the six is its loving and caring nature, as I'm sure we've seen in Paul Pogba. Uh, properly nicknamed the motherhood number, it is all about sacrificing, caring, healing, protecting, and teaching others. No family or community can function without the power of the six to keep them together and safe. She is the glue that keeps a family or community together. Um, it finishes by saying uh, no number is without the weakness and fault, but the number six is actually the most harmonious, blah, blah, blah. I feel like they're repeating themselves. Beware of a cynical or angry six. Um, she is a merciless wolf. Sounds like my ex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is a, and this sounds even more like it, Chris. She is a merciless wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> definitely a cynical six. Um, so there you go. Uh, tell us what your favourite number is and what that means about you. Uh, I I have very fond memories of Richard and Judy. If anyone remembers people <laughs> for about twenty minutes about why num- David Beckham took the number twenty three when he went to Real Madrid. Uh, probably one of the most captivating conversations I've ever witnessed. Bring on the TV. book club back. <laughs> Anything but this. <laughs> so, so why are two and three such interesting numbers? Um, obviously, that that is interesting. Go, tell us what number you get on the back of your shirt and why. Some people say number seven, uh, and why number seven is so uh, successful is because it is the number of completion, and that's why a lot of wingers have a number seven. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm doing Alan Partridge hand signals. As if you know, and he sort of goes down the wrong route, and he sort of goes, I don't know where to go from. And psychic, psychic Simon's supposed to come in at this point, but there is not one. Uh, what's your opinion on the whole Coney to Everton fiasco, Chris? Especially, re the measly eighteen million price. Yeah, eighteen. I think again, this is contextualised with the fact that the other fees that are being bandied around this summer, eighteen million is is not a lot for a defender that has actually seemed to thrive in the Premier League already. Um, in terms of that, again, this is from what I'm understanding. He's really frustrated that he wasn't uh, afforded a new contract, having been promised one. It's not something he sought out um, because I appreciate a lot of Sunderland fans now look at him as being slightly greedy. It's not something that he demanded. It was something that he was promised for keeping the team in the league. 
Um, I think it's 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 sort of the the opposite end of a relegation wage cut. This was sort of a survival, you know, pay rise, so to speak. Um, and the the simple fact is, I don't think Sunderland could afford to pay him that. So it was naive for for Allardyce to to make that promise. Um, if if Everton can get it done, I think it's actually quite good business because he he's a very good physical defender. He's someone that actually, for the way he plays, is actually really disciplined as well. hasn't I don't think he's been booked for for Sunderland in the the months that he's been in the Premier League. So it's it's a very good deal for them, I think. In those few months, that's fantastic. Sorry, I've just got someone mowing the street outside my window. Um, Chris, this is probably a question for you, and then very quickly brushing upon Newcastle. Is Rafa in the top five managers in the country for you? That's John Routledge. Uh, no, I wouldn't say top five. I'd, I'd say I'd say he's a very good manager. I think he's got a lot of potential um, in, in that sense when things go right for him. I also see the flaws in him now, having been sort of closer to him for about six months. So, yeah, I wouldn't say he's in the top five. He's a very good manager, though, very, very mentally astute. I think if he wasn't managing, he'd make a very good analyst or pundit. Yeah, he, no, he's a good pundit. Um, although he doesn't know who John Motson is. Um, does anyone else remember that clip one time when he was on Match of the Day? Uh, John, <laughs> no, Motson, no, John Motson said something like, uh, now back to you. And then I can't remember who the, the presenter was, but they said, do you like John Motson, Rafa? <laughs> Rafa just went, who's John? John Hodgson. <laughs> and then oh, he said, wow. I don't normally watch this. Um, which is fair enough. I mean, if you've got every, if you've got sort of your own version of Match Today, why would you tune in to watch Mark Lawrence and tell you? Uh, there's some other good questions, uh, such as Tyler and Football Dave. Uh, who's a better signing, Bay or Stones? And is it Bay or Bailey? It's Bailey. I can't believe they're murdering it already. Yeah. It's going to be, it's just going to be the end of the season. Oh, that Bailey lad, he's rubbish. It's, it's French. It's, it's from the Ivory Coast. Cote d'Ivoire. Anyway. Yeah, it's French. Um, it's I, from the Ivory Coast. At the, at the moment, Bailey's looked very, very good. But John Stones has played in the Premier League for a number of years now. So at the moment, I'd put Stones ahead of Bailey. But Bailey, from uh, the appearances we've seen at Manchester United, he's looked very solid. I, I can't wait for Chris Smalling to come back and sit next to him. Is Chris Smalling still injured from that coral reef surfing incident that was apparently food poisoning? I think he is still injured, yeah. It was a coral reef incident in which um, coral (laughs) reef injected lots of alcohol into his body. Um, Robert Winter says, would it be better if all transfer fees were undisclosed to the public? Definitely not. Uh, High fees tend to put too much pressure on young players. Uh, Chris, I'm sure that's in the public interest, uh, as all these clubs sort of are... They are, they're indebted to the fans that go to watch them every week and pay to see said spectacle. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Good. Um, some people saying, would you rather have... And I, uh, Let me find this thread now. Uh, here we go. It starts at the very top. It says Sterling, or Stones, uh, Sterling and Stones or Zlatan and Pogba. Uh, obviously, there's money left over if you have Sterling and Stones or Zlatan and Pogba. Dave? Um, Sorry, mate. What was that? Sterling and Stones or Zlatan and Pogba? Uh, it's a simple one, that isn't it? Zlatan and the Meister. Chris, I assume the the money then can't be spent on someone else. Uh, or is well, it just depends. The notion that you've got the money. That's I know. What the you, I know what you're thinking, Stephen Taylor. Uh, <laughs> on a free, thankfully. Um, I guess Zlatan and Pogba, just because they've delivered a little bit more, but then. 
I don't know how much of an opportunity you have had. I, I always find this a little bit confusing. It's a bit like asking whether you want chicken or fish. There's not really a, an obvious choice. No, it's like asking who's better in a way. Um, Chris, is it true that Stephen Taylor made his debut in MLS, uh, was subbed off at half-time, and then his team won? It was USL. It wasn't even MLS. It was Portland Timbers 2, the, the oh. second team. So it was kind of like the reserve league, so to speak. Um, Good God. And he scored an on goal. The team 2-0 down inside 15 minutes. And then he had to come off at half-time, and the team actually ended up winning 4-3. Good. Uh, with IU teaming up with Payet, which Premier League um, pair would be a success this year? There are quite a few Premier League pairs, obviously. But IU and Payet is quite the combo, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, it's a very combo. It's, I can't wait to see Payet this season, whether he continues his good form last year, whether he's tired from the the Euros on a very uh, long season last year. But I think, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting signing, um, Andre Ayew, to... Um, to West Ham, but again, they they just need a striker. They, you know, we all know they need a striker. Now they've bought a, a midfielder that was playing up front last season. Again, a little bit weird. When Andre came to the the league, he came off the back of a very very poor season for Marseille. Uh, Payet was awesome. Ayu um, wasn't awesome for that Marseille side. So again, it's going to be interesting to see his second season. A little bit like Dejan Lovren, who did well when he first came to the Premier League, moved to Liverpool and struggled for a little bit and now has regained that form. That potentially could have happened to Ayu making this move so soon after moving to the Premier League. Interesting point. Uh, Chris concurs. Um, is Claude Puel, um, will Claude Puel make an impact at Southampton? Chris, uh, I mean, this is interesting one. He's coming from League 1 over. Uh, a lot of people sort of saying, oh, Remy Gard. Yeah, but Remy Gard was on a hide into nothing with Villa. I think it's Whereas unfair. with Southampton, it's quite different, isn't it? Although, I mean, yeah, you can say with Southampton, he's still it still looks tricky. It is. It's not perfect, of course. They've lost players that were important to them, and, and I'm not entirely sure how much he's actually been able to, to spend. I can't think there's been a, a huge raft of signings there, unless I'm forgetting someone. Um, no, although their I, back line think, is very similar at this point, so... Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think to compare him to to Guard is unfair because Guard came in mid season, Villa were already in free fall, and and if I remember correctly, didn't want to spend any money to to address that anyway. So it's yeah, it's a bit unfair that I think I think Powell do a, a decent job. I think Powell about eleven or twelve. Did so well, so well for, with Nice last season, pushing for the Champions League, built on a strong defence. That's what he sort of will bring over to Southampton. I think the interesting factor with Southampton is they're going to. I think they'll move to a diamond in midfield or. Um, a four-three-one-two in a way where they'll be playing. Tardic will be behind, and it's looking like Nathan Redmond and Shane Long up front. So again, another tactical intricacy that we're going to see bring you know in the Premier League game, which is fascinating. That is fascination. More about that uh, when we preview on Thursday. Uh, can you see Joe Hart losing his number one place at Man City, Dave? Uh, if, I mean, especially someone saying, especially with Caballero playing so well. Uh, that comes from uh, Ollie. Yeah, I think Caballero has been standing in whilst Hart um, was on a break from the Euros, but I can't, I can't see it. I think if Guardiola would have moved for a keeper, he would have already done it. If you know he went for Testegen or uh, potentially Bernard Leno uh, by Lever- no, but yeah, by Leverkusen, who's a very, very good young go- German goalkeeper again. But I think, yeah, he's, I think he'll stick with Hart. And if after this season, if Hart uh, has made any mistakes or can't get the Guardiola style of play, then yes. But I think with Hart, he has that cockiness that Guardiola likes that. He believes in himself with the ball at his feet. So I feel he's kind of like the perfect Guardiola goalkeeper in a way that needs a little bit 
of coaching, uh, 100%, but couldn't take himself to that next level under Pep. How many players are we saying with that? And I think, again, that's why Pep Guardiola is one of the best coaches in the world because we're already commenting on how far that he can take John Stones, Raheem Sterling, Joe Hart, you know, Otamendi, Magala. You know, there's so many players there. Fernandinho. It's going to be great. This one's a good question. Uh, To break things up, I have people in my own family who are also looking to going through this experience. Uh, Ashok says, any tips on how not to get stressed over A-level results? Uh, Chris? Uh, I I think don't, <clears throat> two, two things, really. Look at them. Firstly, um, ask yourself: Did you do everything possible you could have to, to give it your best? In that sense, did you kind of uh, a lot enough time to yourself, and did you try your best? As I said there. Secondly, don't choose to be defined by them. Um, I I can speak at least for myself. My levels weren't the greatest. Um, if I remember right, I think they were like CCD or something like that. And yet I've still been able to, to forge a career and all that kind of stuff. So like I say, learn from it. If you haven't done as much as you could have, mm. if you have, don't, don't choose to be defined by them. Just remember that, that there's always ways you can fix those things. And it's, it might be your first attempt at an exam, but it doesn't have to be your last. Dave, your advice I'm assuming is find someone else's coattails and then ride them to the top of graphical success on YouTube. Lawrence McKenna. That was rude. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to drop the C-bomb at you, mate. Is he? He's not, yeah, I was he's about not. to drop the C-bomb to you, mate, but I didn't do it. Because I, I need to drop some advice right now. 18-year-old David O'Brien would have gone to the pub and got absolutely shitted for two months. But Good. the 26-year-old David O'Brien right. <laughs> tells you to go and do some exercise. And use someone else's graph. Relax about <laughs> it. <laughs> Lawrence, at least it would have been Lawrence, I, I, will, I will go on that video right now and I will delete that last two lines that I put giving you a big shout out and saying you're a great guy because you're not a great guy anymore after this good <laughs> anyway back to the point so go and do some exercise go on a run go and do something you like doing and just take your mind off it at the end of the day I did shit at my A-levels as well A-levels don't define you what defines you is you Putting your hard work in, whether you've done hard work at the A-levels or whether you've not, it doesn't matter. I didn't do hard work on my A-levels. I found hard work during my university degree. People find that, that passion and that real drive to do things at different times in their life. You know, go back to before I went on holiday, the amount of hours I did putting into the Pogba video was ridiculous. But that hard work is because you've got something at the end. And maybe now you're not ready yet, but there'll come a time where you realize this is what hard work is about. And I'm going to achieve now. And then from that moment, the rest of your life will be tough, but you'll understand what it is to put a shift in. If you haven't put a big enough shift in, fair enough. If you have put a big shift in, believe in yourself. Have the confidence to think that you're going to fucking smash it. And that's that. Good. (laughs) For more motivational videos, go over to Dave Talks. Uh, Great graphics. Um, (laughs) Are footballers' kits washed and reused after a game? Or, or does Dave moving around? Are footballers' kits washed and reused after a game, or do they just wear new ones every time? I don't actually know. Uh, anyone out there? Any I'm, I'm not sure. I think look new, don't they? But um, I think at a certain level it will guy, be. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with the they get washed. Yeah, assuming the shirt is not given away. I mean, they have. If I remember right, they have two shirts um, that they're given. So the kit man pre- prepares two of every shirt. 
usually one is given away. If it's not, then it's just washed and reused. Good. Uh, right. Uh, well, that, that certainly clears that one up. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's lots. There's a lot more here, Dave. Uh, let's finish the podcast, Dave, on what could have been in an alternate universe. He says, "Who do you think could be Jose's alternate targets to Pogba?" Um, I think you could have gone with Blaise Matuidi. I think you could have moved for Pjanic a bit earlier in the window. Uh, I'm just trying to think. You need someone again. The reason why Paul Pogba was so perfect is because of the drive from central midfield, and a lot of player. You know, there's not that many players that have that. Potentially um, a downgrade of Paul Pogba could have been uh, Dembele over at Spurs. You know, physical, um, aggressive, good on the ball. And yeah, I think that those three players would have fit in to Manchester United well. Um, They would have given United the energy. Nice. Okay, uh, good alternative universes. Uh, Chris, if you could, uh, have you come up with an artist that you would love to uh, have sort of announce you? Uh, I'm still. I still think Drake is an interesting one. I find it interesting how uh, Drake was holding up. There's been so many f- twists and turns in this crap story of uh, Paul Pogba. Uh, there's also Chris uh, and Dave. Let's finish off on maybe um, how many people now are journalists and how many people are just people who are trained in making people click something. Exactly. Uh, because it seems, I mean, there's a big difference, isn't there? And we sort we sort of trust. That just because you're a news provider or you're a platform, uh, you are therefore a trustable and be a voice that we can sort of uh, go with. What do you think? The the thing is, journalism um, is not like a trade such as plumbing, for example, where you have to get a qualification and recognising and be checked upon. Really, anyone can do it. And I know a few in the industry, um, if I remember correctly, I think Musa Arbonga is one who didn't study journalism at university. I think he studied history, but has become a journalist. Now, Musa is a fantastic writer. He's a great bloke as well. Um, not everyone is, is like that. There is certain, There are certainly those. Um, wouldn't that be ironic? There is certainly those. Uh, there are certainly those who, who don't, I think, study journalism, and it shows in their work. But look, this is the... The difficulty of of modern writing, modern media in general, is that it's up to you what you click and what you decide. And imagine over time there comes a point where those who were getting the clicks stop getting the clicks because they they gain a reputation. Interesting point, uh, Dave. I mean, yeah, that that is an interesting one. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, I guess you can mute certain people. That would be my point. Just become a discerning reader, but it's easier said than done. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who are not discerning readers. Uh, yeah, definitely be a discerning reader, or at least go for multiple sources, those sort of things. Yeah. And it, but uh, the, the problem would also be at that point, there are also now multiple sources that want to lie to you in a sense, and the, the internet isn't necessarily uh, the best place to go to look for sources almost. I think a good place uh, is like an aggregator that is driven by a community such as Reddit, because then there's people there, there's enough people there, there's enough volume of of traffic to uh, to cut the bullshit out um, and when you get something that's new on reddit and that goes to the hot section you kind of know that that's a good source and i feel that that's a good way to consume your media is through having the influence of the mass populace putting it in and being like yeah is that correct or is that wrong or uh, you know is, is this good you know if, if ten thousand people have said yeah this is a banging article about football tactics yeah go and read it 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel that the like you're saying, clickbait is going to die. People that are clickbait journalists or write that type of shit, there'll come a stage where it's it's over because people will get bored of it, man. You get so bored of who's this midfielder Manchester United are going to sign? Oh, I clicked it to Paul Pogba. I've read that three thousand times today. You know, you know what I mean? It's 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 going down the the end of the path. Uh, good point. Uh, yeah, uh, good advice. Go listen to it. Uh, right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. It's going to be absolutely fantastic uh, to hear your previews and what you have to say come, say, um, Thursday or maybe a little bit time before. Chris, if people want to go hear your opinions beforehand, uh, where can they go find you? Uh, at K-H-E-N-E-A-G-E on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, good. And then, indeed, Dave, what about you? <laughs> whatever I say yeah, I'm you know I'm about to get assassinated so why the fuck not I, I go over to Dave Talks and check out all my videos where I make all my own graphics um, fantastic well uh, it's been great to have you guys uh, this week and we'll see you Thursday before that uh, yeah good we'll see you again real soon on TF3 <laughs> <laughs>